Hello, and welcome back to Culinary Crash Course. It is me, your host, Cor Pomeroy, and today is What's New, Episode 3. It's uh, not Sunday, and I know that it isn't. Um, I was I usually record these and post them on Sundays, but uh, this weekend I was a bit sick, so I couldn't post it on time. So here I am, Tuesday morning at Eli's house, uh, now recording this episode. So, uh, what is new with me this week? What's new with me this week is uh, we had a guest chef at my work, uh, Scott Crawford from North Carolina. Um, he works at a very well-known restaurant in uh, North Carolina, uh, Crawford & Sons. It's a really, uh, uh, looks like a really awesome restaurant. I've never been myself, but uh, I got to work with a guest chef at my work, and I've uh, never really done that before in this uh so in my six years of being in the industry i've never really worked with a guest chef before but uh he came into the restaurant and um he had a menu that he wanted us to uh prepare and uh cook and it was a really 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 delicious menu and it was really awesome food and we uh prepped for a while as i usually do every day but instead of using any ingredients that we had in the restaurant well, I mean, we used some ingredients that we had there at the restaurant. Completely, entirely new menu from the one that we usually have at uh, Rue. And uh, it was really awesome. We prepped with him. I got to speak with him a little bit. Worked with him. Um, made his menu come to life there at uh, Rue. And a lot of uh, chefs f- who were chefs at um, a well-known uh, hotel in this area like came to my restaurant to either eat food or talk to Scott, uh, Chef Scott. And they were all like, it was almost like seeing like old colleagues getting together and talking. It was really cool, honestly. And uh, I got to see a lot of different chefs who are well known in uh, Florida. And it was just really cool. Uh, awesome experience. Like I would love to do more of those where have like different collaborations with different chefs uh, at my restaurant, and uh, my chef said that we do those two to three times a year, and I would love to do more. One one thing that's really cool that I think that this industry is kind of going for, like it, like I want to say back in the day, the culinary industry almost felt a bit more competitive um, than it is now. I feel like nowadays with the new generations and everything, we're kind of going in more of a collaboration direction. Like all restaurants are trying to more on collaborate with each other rather than compete with each other almost. And I really, I really love that the culinary industry is going in that direction, in that direction now. I feel like collaboration is just so much, oh fuck. <laughs> I feel like collaboration is just so much more needed in this industry than anything. I feel like it brings a lot of people together uh, to create delicious food. And I feel like it really um, teaches people like other people's food styles and things like that. Because Chef Scott Crawford, who came to my restaurant's uh, style, is a lot different than our style. I mean, of course, we had all the equipment we needed to uh, get the menu out there, but you could just tell that his style was a little bit different than the type of food that we make. I mean, it's it's similar, but it's not like, 
but it's different. But it was really, it was really awesome, and it was a really cool learning experience, honestly. Another thing that I really wanted to talk about was, uh, I kind of went down, uh, I have a buddy of mine named Richard, um, and me and him kind of go down these YouTube rabbit holes sometimes, so they have these, uh, POV, like, almost like, I guess, body, almost body cam footage, but more of like, um, a line cook with, like, or a chef or a bartender with like a GoPro on their chest and like it's just them videotaping them going through service or like a line cook going through service and cooking all the food that's at their restaurant and just going through a busy service uh, through like the perspective of like a GoPro and I think that those videos are really 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 cool and they're really fun to watch just kind of mindlessly you kind of see how like a lot of different uh, kitchens work and styles of cooking work like one of the videos i watched was like with an open fire kitchen which i've never really i've never worked in that uh part of the industry ever and uh, i kind of want to just to see what it's like and to see how that style of food is done and with the open fire they're like sticking skillets and this big open wood fire grill and like different things in different like boxes and hot boxes and sticking things in the fire to be cooked and like appetizers and things like that and just watching uh the line cooks do it it's just really cool and kind of cool to see those different types of styles of cooking done uh in those kitchens especially with like open fire and stuff it's like so much different from what i'm used to Honestly, I would I would love to learn all the different types of styles of cooking or at least at least experience them. I guess cuz I know that one day I really want to find out what my my niche is, which my style of cooking is, but I would love to just like for like a week or so like learn these different styles of cooking that maybe I could end up enjoying or end up being really good at one day, who knows. And whenever I was telling my my friend Eli about uh, these videos and the open fire cooking and how different it is from a lot of other cooking and stuff. Uh, we were talking, he, uh, was talking to me about like at, at his current, or I can't really say, but I'll edit that part out. But like where he currently works, there are some people there who are kind of I guess they kind of get by every day and I feel like this is like a thing in the culinary industry where there's like there are some kitchen jobs where like people can come in do the absolute bare minimum or even less than that sometimes and still get paid you know the same amount as everyone else and do that every single day and there's some jobs that people are able to do that but if they worked at these like open fire kitchens or any or like the kitchen that I work at where like it's a lot faster paced, you know, for hours you're prepping and then you're setting up your station and you're in service and like there's not really much time for breaks and open fire cooking is a very hands-on when you're sticking things in and out of the fires and everything and like at one point the guy in the video takes a leaf blower and like blows a bunch of air into the fire to make sure it's you know getting enough oxygen, I guess. I'm not sure what it what it's exactly for, but he, at one point you see him use a leaf blower on the fire and everything and I feel like those and me and Eli both uh, talked about it and you know those types of people who like work at these uh, these kitchens who kind of get by doing the bare minimum and they can do that for the rest of their life 
and whatnot and be just fine couldn't really work in those settings like those types of kitchens like they just wouldn't last they probably wouldn't even get hired after like a day of staging or like even past the interview just because like i feel like those types of people at those kitchens can kind of just tell like either from day one or during the interview that like oh this person is going to be doing the bare minimum and they don't really care so they probably wouldn't actually i don't know hire them honestly and it's crazy to me that people who do the bare minimum or less can get by in some of those kitchens but i mean some of those kitchens are just so casual um especially when it comes to prepping and cooking every day like maybe not on the weekends so the weekends are of course busier and nighttime is of course busier at a lot of those establishments but like a lot of those people can just kind of get by doing that and it it's a bit sad sometimes, but then again, it's like, well, those kitchens, those more casual kitchens exist, so those people can do that, and, you know, people need to work, and people need jobs. So, another thing that I want to go over is that this past semester, uh, I believe it was spring, has just passed. Um, I was in food and beverage management, and uh, I was also in, I think it was another management class. I don't know. It was Intro to Hospitality. Uh, I did Intro to Hospitality with Dr. Buckman at uh, FSCJ. And that class was amazing. I learned a lot. A lot about the front of house. A lot about the beverage like industry. And a lot about hotels especially. Like in that industry or like how we take care of people. Or how we like, you know, how the hotel industry does a lot of different things. Like um, sometimes in the hotel industry people will overbook like rooms and stuff so they'll like book more rooms than they have at the hotel because there's going to be cancellations and sometimes those cancellations don't happen and sometimes you have to like call a guest and explain to them that like hey i i overbooked i can't get you in a room right now but i can take you to this other hotel i'll you know maybe you offer them like an the the next night at your hotel but like free or like you um, you're like hey you stay at this hotel for one night down the street and then you can come back over here and we'll upgrade you for free for the rest of your stay of the week in this town or whatever and in the industry you have to do a lot of those things especially in the front of house and i i've never really worked the front of house i'd say the only experience i have working it was doing um dining room in uh culinary school and uh, I did notice that I had a bit of uh, a little bit of a knack for it, uh, even though I don't really like the fact that I had a knack for it because I'm much more of a back of house person. I like I enjoy cooking and prepping foods, and I enjoy I enjoy cooking, you know. And I don't really I don't really enjoy serving, but I did I did notice that in my dining room class I did have a bit of a knack for it, and uh, people who came in every week to that dining room class to come enjoy a meal that I would serve to them would request me as their server and and they would get sad whenever I wasn't serving that day where I had to be like the maitre d or uh I, the last day of class my chef uh chef McCool actually let me be the manager of the last day of class which I will tell you was like it was stressful even if for it being a classroom it was kind of stressful that day was kind of stressful just because there was a lot of things that went on that day that shouldn't have happened and uh just some obstacles that i had to overcome which i ended up doing and it ended up being an all right service it could have been better but <laughs> i definitely uh got a, a little taste of what it's like to 
really manage a front of house um, restaurant, like in the restaurant industry. And it was really fun. I got a lot of, uh, I got a good amount of experience out of it and just to understand, you know, what people go through uh, dealing with guests and stuff. And I'm not really much of a, I guess, I guess I can't really say I'm not much of a talker considering I'm talking on this podcast right now. And that's really all I do for the podcast is talk, 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 talk. But I don't know. I never really thought I was a very sociable person in public. But I mean, under the right environment, I could be a lot more sociable with those types of things, I guess. But after the front of house class, I did food and beverage management, which was this class where we learned about food and you know managing in the food and beverage industry. And uh, the, our big project, which is a group project with me, Sarah, Andrew, and Tristan, and um, that we did our group project. And the group project was you had to research come up with a concept and open a fake restaurant um like open a fake restaurant for the class and it's only a seven week class so it was a bit of a crunch when it came to the project itself i mean the other work like the quizzes and the discussions you know those were pretty those are pretty simple but i learned a lot and i uh it got me researching topics i didn't think i would research and things like that and the quizzes thankfully were open the entire semester so i could i was able to go ahead and get all of those done within like a timely manner and get them done you know pretty much out of the way immediately at the beginning of the semester which i always enjoy doing i, I like to if, if i if i'm in a class where like i'm able to do the quizzes or tests like ahead of time then i'll usually bang them out within like a week so i don't have to worry about them for the rest of the semester but uh the project that we did where you open up your fake restaurant um was really really fun and we came up our concept was uh i can actually came up with the name uh when we were doing the pro when we like the first day of the project i actually came up with the name and the name was newton's suburban bar and the reason i came up behind the name was uh we were shooting um someone i believe it was sarah said that they wanted us to open a bar in boston so i had to i just started researching boston you know different facts and things about boston and well it turns out the fig newton was invented there so i was like okay well, what do we call it newtons so i was like okay andrew was talking about how he wanted the menu to have some sort of sandwiches on it and for some reason like boston was one of the first places that have a, like a subway but not like the restaurant as in like the subway terminals and stuff and i was like okay subway i'm thinking about sandwiches subway sandwiches so i was like sub urban because i was like well we're going to be in a more urban area um it's going to be more of like a you know people walk through the town and then they see our bar and they come into it so i was like okay sub urban i'll just have a hyphen between sub and urban just to make it sound cool <laughs> and then bar because it's a bar so i came up with the name newton suburban bar and then everybody in the group loved it I was glad that they did. I never really came up with a name for anything before, but, you know, I thought my creative process was pretty good. Hopefully I can keep that going for creative processes for creating things. But um, 
so we created the name and then we started doing all the research that we needed to do and i mean when i tell you that like you had to do a lot of research everything from like a SWOT analysis to understanding like who your competition is understanding food prices understanding where 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 your purveyors are like where you're going to get all the food and stuff from and I've never really done this kind of research before. I mean, I've I've worked with purveyors before. I've gotten, you know, certain things in for uh, some of the jobs that I've worked at. And I've made orders before and stuff like that. But, like, I had never really researched, like, really, really researched, like, the prices of things and, like, how much you're supposed to market them up and, like, how much the restaurant needs to make to be open and how much staff you need, like great things about the location your strengths your weaknesses how are you going to market yourself how are you going to you know you come up with like the price you price out some items on your menu and you figure out what your food cost is going to be without even really knowing what your food cost is going to be and then you you know coming up with all of these things and researching all of these things and understanding like you know all these things was just, I don't know, it was a lot of information, a lot of things to look up, a lot of things to write, and there were many, many, many times where, where me and my, some of my group members got up at 8 a.m. to go to a coffee shop to just bang out some of these, like, just the PowerPoint presentation, the written, um, our business proposal, things like that. And it was it was a lot, and I probably only felt like a fraction of actual of like how it actually feels to open up a restaurant. I definitely felt only like ten to twenty percent of the actual stress. But I, when I tell you that, like there were some times where I was like, "Man, are we gonna finish this?" And thankfully, by the time that we were finished with everything that we were doing. Um, for the project, we were, we were thankfully the first time we did presentations, we were the, thankfully the only group, thankfully, I mean, well, I wouldn't say thankfully, but like, I guess it was a lot of work and a lot of the other groups were not ready to present, which totally understandable. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it was a lot of work to do in seven weeks and a lot of people have jobs and have things outside of school that are going to keep them from doing this really long like four-part project um and my group we were the only ones ready on the first day of presenting everyone else presented on the second week but i mean i understand why but it but i mean our project was really awesome i mean the project was awesome i learned a lot a lot of things that i didn't know go into actually opening up your own place um, one of the people in our group, uh, Tristan, he is, uh, actually a, he's been a web, de- he's, he's been like a graphic designer since the days of MySpace, and I'm hopefully gonna have him on the podcast soon before he moves away. I, I need to text him and figure out his schedule, but maybe I can get him on, but he designed our menu and our drink menu, and what he does is, whenever he's designing something, like, let's say he's gonna put, like, some pieces of food on the menu to like show the food like one of the one of the food items on our menu which hilariously enough was called the double barrel hot dog which uh was something that uh me and my buddies at rh created which is like a hot dog but with two hot dogs instead of one in the buns and called double barrel hot dog and uh funny enough we put that on the menu in my school um for my school project and for him to like 
design these this menu and put these food menu items on the menu what he does is he like looks at them in real life and then he designs them on his ipad or computer whatever medium he uses to do the graphic design um and he draws them from like the actual like in real life uh depictions and it looks like when we got the menu it looked exactly exactly like how it would in real life but like done digitally it looks it looked just the realism of some of the pictures on the menu were just so awesome and he did such a great job on the menus and we were able to have them like laminated um everybody in the group got a copy of it it looked so cool with the logo and everything and we were able to keep a copy of it and we got to show it around the class and everything and it was just really really cool honestly like uh, the the project I will say was very stressful, but I definitely felt like we accomplished something after the project was done after the seven weeks, with like the you know with everyone's like personal problems and things like that. Like I so at some point I thought I I don't really like group projects, and at some point I thought we weren't going to get it done, but we did. We did thankfully and in a timely manner. Manner even if it was like. Even though we got the we probably got the PowerPoint project done like maybe two hours before the class started for us to present, <laughs> so there were still a couple of kinks that we needed to take out when we presented. But um, I think we did a great job, and uh, I definitely got a good grade because my well, my grade for the class was like a ninety six, which is uh, I try to I strive for all A's hopefully <laughs> as much as I possibly can. Um, I think I've, I think so far in my three years of being in college, I've only made one B, thankfully. Other than that, it's been all A's. Thank goodness. I would hate to fail a class. Or I have to drop one because I thought that I was going to get a C. If I ever get a C, I'm dropping that class um, and redoing it. But, but it's just like the things that I learn in culinary school just are something that like, you know, either I would have to research myself or something that I would, I would have to learn from somebody else. Like, but thankfully at my school, they teach you these types of things. And I really, you know, a lot of people have told me throughout my career in culinary that they're like, oh, you're going to culinary school. You don't need that. Or you don't need to be doing that. And it, I mean, it kind of sucks. And I, I get it where they're coming from when it comes to like, you don't, you know, you don't need to go into culinary school to be a line cook. You don't need those things to do those things. But I feel like, you know, if you're really passionate about this industry and you really, really want to learn, like, things that I learn at school, if you really want to learn those things uh, and gain some connections within the community because, like, the, a lot of the chefs at my school have so many connections within the community and they're the reason that I've been able, able to get my highest paying jobs. If you want all of that, then consider it. Consider going to culinary school. You don't have to, but definitely consider it, you know, because I feel like I've made so many connections through culinary school and I've learned so many things that I don't think that I would learn on my own if it wasn't for some of the classes and just the different points of views and just the awesome people honestly like uh the other day when i was talking to chef sean at school uh he told me he was like you know you have gone so far 
through this process. He was like, you know, when I first met you in Food One, you were working at Red Lobster or you were working at <laughs> whatever name drop. I have no qualms with Red Lobster. Um, you were working at like or the pizzeria, and you know. I've gone from like the pizzeria and a seafood place to now I'm working at a modern French kitchen and I'm learning lots of plating styles and learning so much, like learning just so much every day um, at this place and just my knife skills where they've come in the last three years and all of my knowledge when it comes to cooking in the three years has just skyrocketed since and he's noticed and he's like, he's like, you know, you came from that to all the way over here, you know. He's like, you've made, you've, you've grown so much, and uh, I hopefully I'll continue to grow, and that's the plan for sure, is to continue to learn, continue to educate myself, and hopefully, uh, I'll be able to figure figure out things from there, you know. I'll be able to figure out exactly what I want to do in this industry. And hopefully soon I will figure out what exactly I want to do in this industry. I'm sure I will. It's going to take some time. And it's going to take a lot of podcast episodes to figure out exactly what I want to do. But I have a general idea of what I want to do. I definitely want to continue doing this. Continue creating content. Continue educating myself. I want to get my bachelor's and my master's. So that hopefully in the future I can maybe one day leave the kitchen and just teach and maybe do this do the podcast you know and make content with my friends cooking content and uh just have fun hopefully and i would love to teach so that way i can you know pass down the things that i was taught and the things that i learned in school and from connections and people that have been in my life and i can pass those down to like a younger generation who want to be in this industry and are passionate about it but they don't know how to go about it and maybe i can give them advice and also teach them things that they've never seen before and give them advice and let them borrow some books that I have and things like that so that they can get like their hands on and figure out exactly what they want to do in the industry and see how far they can take it and maybe they can change it further than I'm trying to change it. I wouldn't say, and I and I really hope that this industry, I mean, I know, I can definitely tell this industry is changing um, in a good way in the future and hopefully I can be a part of that change and maybe I can teach a younger generation to also be a part of more change and teach them how like I did it and how I figured it out. And maybe they can listen to this podcast too and <laughs> look through my journey, learn from my mistakes, maybe um, learn some things they didn't know from me and maybe get like more of a, a point of a point of view from somebody who's also trying to learn and trying to figure it out, hopefully. And I really, I really am enjoying school so far. And I definitely think that people should consider it. You know, it, it, people are right. You can make it through the industry without going to uh, culinary school. But I think that if you are, I think if you're trying to build like some, like a base to your giant culinary house, then you should definitely consider a culinary school because of just all the connections and just all of the things that I've learned and books that I have now that I can read and just, you know, cause you meet so many different people in all different sides of 
the um, industry. Like I've even heard people talk about like people will like so the they'll like come up with like a menu or they'll come up with like some food that they really want to cook for a bunch of people and they'll put out an advertisement for it and they'll be like hey if you want uh this meal or those this meal uh here's my menu i'm only open for this week or this day like this thursday come get your food and then they'll just make all these different food items and meals and stuff and people will just buy them and they'll sell out for a day of the week and people will just buy them on the Facebook marketplace or whatever Instagram or whatever social media that they are on. And it's like home cooked meals and, uh, I'm sure they're delicious and people will just buy them. And it's, it's wild to me. And you, I guess you get them in like a to go box or something nice like that. I'm sure it's like, not just like a, a regular white to go box. I'm sure they, like, they get pretty fancy with it. I imagine. But, uh, it's, it's crazy to think that you can do that and there is a market for it. I didn't, I had no idea. I mean, I used to watch, uh, shoot, I can't remember his name on YouTube, but there's this guy that I watched on YouTube. Um, and he lives in Canada, still lives in Canada, I imagine. But, um, he would order off these Facebook marketplaces cause he had like a series where he would go and go to really bad reviewed restaurants and stuff and get the food to go or whatever but he also like had a couple videos where he would order food from the facebook marketplace and just see how it tasted and a lot of the times it was banging food a lot of time it was like big portions banging food home cooked meals and (laughs) that's always that's always been crazy to me is that that like there really is a market for it and there's a lot of different markets in this industry that people can make you know good quick side money on a regular basis and that's wild to me. And honestly, I think that's a good note to end this What's New episode 3 on. Um, Eli, go ahead and hit the lo-fi hip-hop music, dude.